Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. On this Tuesday, I'm bringing to you another episode of my mini-series, The Faces of Fascism, which profiles the leaders of the far-right movements around the world today. Today, I am talking about Viktor Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary, and probably the poster child of right-wing power internationally, or at least probably the most enduring one of the 21st century. Viktor Orban was born in 1963 to a middle-class family in the Hungarian provincial capital of Sikesvérhevar. My apologies to any Hungarians and Hungarian speakers on that pronunciation. Orban's parents were business people, like business people farmers and teachers. Orban himself, as a young man, was the leader of a communist youth league in one of his grammar schools, something that was more or less necessary in order to progress in his political and education life. Orban, reflecting on this time, has said that at the time he was a more or less knee-jerk loyal communist. Recall that at this time, Hungary was behind the Iron Curtain and was ruled essentially by force by a Soviet-style communist regime. Orban did very well in school and then went into his two years of mandatory military service. This two-year period is what he personally identifies as the time that turned him away from communism. After he left the military, he went to law school in Budapest, where he did very well, and actually did well enough that after he completed his law degree, he got a prestigious scholarship to go study at Oxford. He got that scholarship from the Soros Foundation, which will be important to remember for later in this podcast. So Orban was studying in Oxford in the late 1980s, but left Oxford to return to Hungary in 1988 in advance of the first Hungarian post-Soviet-style communism parliamentary elections. Orban had by this point already married his wife. They married in 1986. They had five children, most of whom are now religious leaders, athletes, and entrepreneurs. Orban himself is a reformed Christian, unlike the majority Catholic country that he rules. In the late 1980s and early 1990s, Orban was one of the leading members of his political party, which is called Fides. Fides was originally an acronym for the Alliance of Young Democrats, and that was originally who the party represented. Orban at the time was a part of a young cadre of new post-communist political leaders, and Fides was itself a center-left movement led by sort of liberal radicals in the Hungarian political system, people who had had no place to land politically under the communist government. Orban was the leader of this political party. He became extremely famous for a big anti-Soviet and anti-communist speech in 1989 and rode that wave of popularity to the Hungarian parliament, the first post-Soviet parliament, in 1990. Over the next three years, he took control of the party from the rest of the people that he had founded it with and shifted it, moved it to the right wing as opposed to the center-left and sort of like a radical lowercase l, liberal place where it had previously resided. It was still a relatively small party, though, and was in opposition. However, throughout the 1990s, Orban positioned himself as one of the leading lights of the conservative movement in Hungary, and eventually became member of a coalition in the Hungarian parliament, and finally became the leader of one of these coalitions in 1998 making himself the Prime Minister of Hungary, that country's second youngest Prime Minister, at the age of 35. 
He spent this time in Parliament as the Prime Minister from 1998 to 2002, transforming the Hungarian political system. Specifically, he granted himself, as the Prime Minister, more power and increased the power of the cabinet vis-a-vis -vis Parliament itself, which was a somewhat controversial move at the time. Again, that one is going to be important to remember for later. Orban also presided over the general liberalization of the Hungarian economy and also joined NATO. His country joined NATO against the opposition of Russia, which at the time in 1999 was still ruled by Boris Yeltsin. Putin would not take power until the year 2000. Orban faced a close loss in the 2002 Hungarian parliamentary election and became the leader of the opposition, remaining the leader of the Fidesz party. Fidesz party's result had been so close that Orban said that he wanted to call for a recount. However, all international observers said that they didn't think that there was any problem with the election. You know, he just lost a very close election to the Hungarian Socialist Party. In opposition, Orban became increasingly right-wing, and this really bloomed when he became the parliamentary leader again in the 2010 election. This 2010 election in Hungary is the last time that Viktor Orban became the Prime Minister of Hungary because he has been the Prime Minister of that country ever since. This election was a massive success for Fidesz and for Orban himself. Fidesz won a supermajority of the popular vote, which means that it had two-thirds of the seats in the Hungarian parliament. This allowed Orban and Fidesz to rewrite the Hungarian constitution in 2011. They rewrote the constitution to be more nationalist, to be openly Christian, that is to openly refer to Christianity in the constitution of the country. And he also, for the upcoming parliamentary election after the 2010 one, he also reduced the number of parliamentarians. He reduced the number of seats in the Hungarian parliament. So between the 2010 election and the subsequent election, it might look like Fidesz has lost a lot of seats, but they retain their supermajority and essentially have since then. This is part of Viktor Orban's essentially ongoing plan since the early 90s to transform Hungarian politics into his own personal plaything. And he has so far been incredibly successful. It is in this term, the second time as prime minister, that Orban really began to lurch into the far right, as opposed to just being a sort of like center right party. Some of the ways in which Orban and his parliamentary group have shown this are in their legislative agendas. Specifically, Orban's Fidesz party has been one of the most right-wing and intransigently nationalist, anti-queer, anti-Semitic, anti-education, and even anti-democratic political movements leading Europe since, I, I don't know, like maybe since the early 20th century? Orban's Fidesz party has been an anti-queer party. He and his party have said in legislation that they have proposed that homosexuality is not compatible with Christianity. That is a quote from the party. They have had proposals to eliminate what they call, quote-unquote, homosexual propaganda from Hungarian political life. That was a referendum that actually failed. But Orban continues to maintain that homosexuality is incompatible with the kind of lifestyle that Hungarian people should be leading. His party is openly anti-Semitic, specifically in their criticism of George Soros, a U.S.-Hungarian billionaire and funder of center-left charity stuff. So this is something that's actually a somewhat 
big right-wing meme and it sort of pops up every once in a while. Sometimes somebody on the right will say that like X and YZ thing was Soros-funded or a Soros-backed candidate or a Soros-backed Antifa demonstration or whatever. That is an anti-Semitic dog whistle because George Soros is a Jewish-American person. He is a member of a Jewish-Hungarian family. So whenever Orban and anybody else talks about Soros-funded this or that, what they mean is Jewish-funded. That's what they're talking about. Although, again, as a reminder, Viktor Orban himself was a beneficiary of Soros funding. He accepted a Soros scholarship in order to attend Oxford University when he was younger. But, you know, that's, that's something that he just doesn't talk about anymore. And despite the fact that he himself had a very successful educational career, not just in Hungary, but also in Oxford, Orban and his party have become increasingly anti-education. The Fidesz government under Orban has seized control of major universities in Hungary, especially in Budapest, which up until the Orban leadership has been one of the biggest centers of learning and especially leftist learning in Europe and indeed in the United States. They have dismantled a lot of left and sort of left-ish educational programs and policies, a lot of educational institutes, research institutes, things like that. They've had these organizations fire instructors and mass hire conservative intellectuals. This is a major push by the Orban government for essentially conservative intellectual development, which is one of the things that right-wing governments do if they're trying to, you know, dig in their heels for the long haul and really develop an opposition to the left wing's, you know, higher influence over higher education. Orban and the Fidesz party are also openly nationalist. Orban has openly supported the quote-unquote great replacement theory, the idea that white people are being quote-unquote replaced in their countries by migrants. Orban's government is anti-immigration, even to the extent that he has posted troops on borders with other European states. Hungary is in the EU, so, you know, they're not supposed to do that, but he's tried to close the borders to prevent migrants from entering Hungary, which would enable them to apply for certain kinds of migration and status protections in Hungary. Hungary's government under Orban, perhaps most interestingly, has also become openly anti-democratic, as in he is open about the idea that he doesn't believe that his government really should be beholden to normal electoral democracy. Orban's own words to describe the kind of government, the kind of country that he wants to build, is illiberal democracy, quote-unquote. That's a direct quote from Viktor Orban. He wants to build an illiberal democracy. Now, this is not liberal in the sort of like way that people talk about Joe Biden, like it's the word that people in the United States use for the left. No, this is liberal like following the rule of law, like following the idea that one person gets one vote, like following the idea that we should be ruled by enlightenment kind of ideas about, you know, right and rights defined by law and those sorts of things, right? Orban is opposed to that openly. He doesn't believe that his government should follow liberal norms, but he does claim that it is democratic in the sense that it represents the popular will, like in the sense that he maintains that he is the earnest, the, the, or, the organic representation of the Hungarian popular will. Now, he and his party have had some controversies over corruption and some other issues, but this has not done enough to tarnish their electoral success. They have remained in government again for the last 13 years. Probably their biggest challenge since the 2010 election in which 
Orban and the Fidesz party took power in Hungary has been the rise of an even further right-wing party called the Jobbik party. But Orban successfully outflanked them on the right, and Jobbik has since tried to take up some of the center-right space that Viktor Orban's party had occupied, and to no avail. Essentially, what this has meant is that Orban's Fidesz party now controls the entirety of the right wing in the Hungarian political space, and that has just, it, 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 it's just really cemented the power of the party. He seems like he would be extremely hard to get out of office. On an international level, Orban has become an ally and a leading light for everybody on the right wing, like internationally. We're talking from Brazil to the United States. Viktor Orban and the Hungarian conservatives have hosted CPAC's first international event. This is the leading conservative political movement in the United States, branching out to produce an international right-wing network. He has openly praised Jair Bolsonaro, the former president of Brazil, and of course, Donald Trump, the former president of the United States. He's also most famously right now triangulated between the European Union and Russia under Vladimir Putin, trying to prevent the EU from intervening or doing too much in the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and having done so previously in previous Russian attempts to meddle with Eastern European politics. Again, though, recall that Hungary joined NATO when he was first prime minister. So this is just evidence of the way that he has moved further and further right, and the way that he has become essentially an ally of actual open dictators. If you asked me to point to the political leader in the world that was the, the biggest example of clearly fully Western right-wing power, Viktor Orban might be the person to point to. He has been the leader of his country for decades at this point. He has been the outcome of a dedicated and long right-wing political movement. He gets further and further right-wing in order to appease an increasingly radicalizing base, he reaches out internationally and tries to earnestly build a right-wing international power. He has no need to do away with elections or even to like really meddle with them in any significant way because he's transformed the Hungarian political and electoral system in order to make himself essentially a pretty safe bet for the next prime minister of Hungary. His party solidly won Hungary's last election, which was in 2022. The next one is in 2026, and there's no particular reason to believe the outcome of that one will be worse for him than the previous ones. This means that Orban is probably set to be one of the leading lights of the right wing for quite some time. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out and all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right and fascism 15. Thanks. And I will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>